launched in 2014, indicative, again, helping people make sense of their data streams no matter what the source is. Uh, requires, obviously, you get in, maybe test around with their free uh, free plan, then obviously convert, hopefully, once you hit maybe a billion events or users per month, or you need one of their module upgrades like SSO or white labeling custom domains or just additional custom KPIs and data source integrations. Uh, they've had some success doing this. You know, currently, uh, average price point called a grand per month. They've got 15 people in New York City. They've raised 4 million bucks, less than 5% revenue churn per year. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jeremy Levy. He's the CEO and co-founder of Indicative. Indicative aims to put behavioral analytics in the hands of product managers, empowering them to map, analyze, and optimize the customer journey across every customer touchpoint. With up to a billion free events, Indicative removes the barriers from becoming data-driven, empowering anyone to perform sophisticated analysis. Jeremy, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. So tell us about the company. Um, you know, the obviously customer journey and behavioral analytics is a really hot space. There's companies like Pendo we've had on and Full Story and some other folks. Where do you play in the space? Absolutely. So, you know, our, our solution is fairly unique. We have three main areas where we differ from the companies that you mentioned. One is that we are agnostic in terms of where our customers' data comes from. So as opposed to like GA or Pendo and so on, we don't care if your data comes from your website, from your app. Um, in fact, we are unique in the sense that we allow you to connect directly to your data warehouse. Number two is we provide a analytics platform that is designed around um, essentially providing you unlimited power and flexibility from an anal- analysis perspective. We don't have templates. We don't have canned reports. Our tools are designed to allow people who aren't technicals, in our case, specifically product managers or marketers, to be able to form, perform the type of analysis that is typically in the realm of someone with greater data skills. And Nathan, like you mentioned a moment ago, we don't charge based on data volume. We can see the writing on the wall with the way cloud services are moving. More and more unlimited data volumes and the price of storage is rapidly moving to zero. We offer a billion user actions per month for free. That's great. And how many actions across all your customers are you performing today per month? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Many multiples of billions. I don't know the answer offhand. Okay. I, well, I'm curious. So I want to get more into the, the product, but give me a general sense first, the customers you're targeting. So I know you have a bunch of different cohorts. I'm certain of it, but on average, what's the customer pay per year for this? Sure. So historically, we have have supported customers who are Fortune 500s down to the two guys in the garage. Yep. Um, our, our, starting, um, our starting pro plan is at $9.99 a month, so about $12,000 a year. And then that scales for customers historically as high as a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, for the average company, um, the average sort of mid-market to startup, you know, you can get away with our free plan. Um, and then it graduates nicely into the thousand dollar a month plan. Okay. So would you say, I mean, I mean, would you say like your sales team and everyone else, you're, you're really built around maybe a 12 or $20,000 ACV starting point. Is that fair? That's correct. That's our entry point. Okay. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Now, now give me more of the backstory here. So, you know, when you say that you're not pricing around data or data volume, look, a lot of raising these companies have a pricing axis around data volume is it's directly tied ideally to utility, right? And value of the output. So, and it allows them to drive incredible expansion revenue year over year. So, so what pricing axes do you price around? Sure. So given our background of primarily focusing on the enterprise, we have a suite of features that are targeted really, that only really become a factor for you once you reach a certain level of scale. So on the simple side, everything from things like training to single sign-on to more advanced data integrations. Our goal is to provide the suite of behavioral analytics um, tools that we offer 
to everybody and then only only worry about monetization once you reach a certain level of scale and the same similar model to what Slack and Hootsuite do whereas the you know they want to give you something that is really really useful for free but then only become something that you need to pay for as you scale it out and 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 you become more dependent over time mm-hmm. and we have Pricing tiers allow you to do that without making it prohibitively expensive or difficult for you. Okay. And when you when you say until you reach a certain level, you're talking about until once somebody hits that billion user actions per month? Sure. That's one lever. You know, things like additional permissions. Um, in our free tier, for example, everyone gets access to see the same data. There's no notion of different roles. There's no notion of um, enterprise single sign-on. These things are not showstoppers for many businesses, but once you reach a certain scale, from a governance perspective, from a permissions perspective, from a privacy perspective, these are things that become more and more important. Okay. Data retention, for example, um, where you collate, co, uh, where you where you locate your data, be it you know different regions of the world. Um, once you start hitting those types of uh, limits, that's where our, our features come into play. That's when our, our paid plans come into play. So, Jeremy, it sounds like to me what, what you're saying is really your your upsells come from kind of additional module add-ons, whether it's single sign-on, white labeling, domains, on-site training, things like that, not necessarily seat-based or usage-based metrics. You got it. We, we want our free plan to be incredibly generous. We want our free plan to be sufficient for 90% of our customers. You know, I get that. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about upgrading. It sounds like it's a really a module approach, not a data or usage model and not a seat model. You got it. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So how effective has that been? What, what, what does expansion look like usually from a year one customer to their year two renewal? So we've only opened up this free plan notion within the last six months. Historically, before that, we were doing primarily enterprise sales. So we're only really a few months into this plan. And the growth has been really surprising for us. We've doubled our acquisition month over month um, from when we launched this back in uh, June, July. Okay. So just to be clear, you launched the whole company here in 2018 in July? No, no, no. The company is about four or five years old. We launched the freemium version, this free version, um, just in July of this past year, 2018. Okay. But just looking at your enterprise accounts, like let's say someone signs up for year one, they're paying a grand per month, your middle tier. What I'm asking is that's a $12,000 ACB account. What do you know based off what you know about usage and, you know, onboarding, what do you know they're probably going to grow to in year two? Sure. Um, it, you know, uh, to be honest, we haven't focused on um, existing customer growth in that way. So, you know, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, well, it's okay. We, don't don't make it up. I mean, if expansion revenue revenue hasn't been a focus, we don't have to go down that line of questioning. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a, that's really not a focus. It's, sorry. It's no, it's not been a focus. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. So launched in 2014. Uh, good understanding of the product and the pricing. How many customers have you scaled to today? Um, we have um, several hundred customers pushing, you know, pushing about a thousand. Oh, okay. I mean, it's yeah, pretty healthy. So call it night and just to be clear. Those are all paying, not your free people. No, no, no. Those are, those are including the free customers. Okay. Come on, Jeremy, just the paid. How many, how many paid? We don't share those types of numbers. I knew you were going to ask that. Okay. Well, well, you know why I ask it, right? I assume you're trying to back into our revenue. Well, no, no, it's for this exact reason. Um, it's easy to say we have 20 million users, but guess what? You can be broke and losing a crap ton of venture capitalist money and have no company uh, with a bunch of free users. So um, you said you launched. I'll, I'll give you a roundabout way to get there, which is the company is about 15 people and historically we've operated at or around break even. Okay, 15 people. And where's everyone based? Uh, in New York City. Okay, got it. And th- these, just to be clear, these are all full time? That's correct. 
Correct. Okay. I mean, look, so if you assume a base salary of call it five grand per month, which is very conservative, I would say for New York City, that means you got to be doing about north of a million bucks per year to be break even. I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll leave it to you and your audience to speculate, but we don't comment on those numbers. Yeah, that's fine. By the way, I'm going to ask, uh, because the, the, the tactics you give us in terms of expansion and pricing axes and things like that will mean more if they're tied to real numbers. I mean, look, I would say actually your pricing is fairly weak because there's only one axis you can upsell against. You have no seat model. You have no usage model. That's really just your salespeople. If there are salespeople trying to sell additional modules, what does your sales org look like today? It's small. We're really focused around growing this free tier. If you think about sort of the stage of our business, although we've been around for a number of years, um, with this free plan, with this freemium model, we're really focused on the growth aspect there today. More so, not to say revenue isn't a focus, but um, it's not the primary focus right now. We're looking to leverage the mouth perspective. Um, tweaking the paid tier, the $1,000 a month tier is something that um, you know, we have on the near horizon, but not a focus today. And, you know, I go as far as to say, um, the way our features and, 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 you know, the, the, the things that are beyond the paywall right now will be tweaked in the future, but it's not the focus right now. So I wanted to get you guys a heads up. I will be in San Francisco at the beautiful Fairmont up there on top of the hill. It's a gorgeous view for the Growth Marketing Conference on December 10th and 11th. Now, Vasil and his team do a great job putting this thing together, whether it's B2B or B2C, marketplaces to e-commerce, or even mobile apps and hand-on workshops. They cover everything related to growth. And these are very unique growth channels that these top experts, and these are actual operators, these are people doing, people doing at PagerDuty, at Zoom, at Malwarebytes, at Engageo. These are people actually executing growth strategies you're going to learn from. I'm also giving a session that basically pulls data points from the over 2,000 interviews I've done with SaaS CEOs and showcases six of the most unique growth strategies, kind of off the obvious path growth opportunities that CEOs have used to drive their first million and 10 million in revenue. So I'd love to see you there. And we've negotiated 10 tickets at a discount, a 40% discount. The link to use is nathanlatka.com forward slash growth. That's nathanlatka, L-A-T-K-A dot com forward slash growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. On that page, they'll automatically take 30% off for the first 10 of you and then use coupon code THETOP for another 10% off. Now, if you choose to make sure you're attending, be sure to email me. If you go use the link now and grab it, I'll make sure to step on one-on-one coffee with you. I want to meet you in person and spend some time together. But again, I'll be at the Growth Marketing Conference on December 10th and 11th in the beautiful city of San Francisco at the most beautiful hotel, the Fairmont. I hope to see you there. NathanLacka.com forward slash growth. How many years did you spend coding this? Another another way to ask is, when did you first kind of turn on a paid option? Was that right at the start in 2014 or was that just maybe last year? Um, probably around 2016, late 2015. Okay, is when you turned that on. So, so have you raised capital? I mean, how'd you support the company when it was pre-revenue? So for some context, uh, the original intellectual property was spun out in a previous company that I had started um, that we exited. Meanwhile, you're um, Xtify. Meanwhile, that's right. Meanwhile, okay. um, and then we raised um, several million dollars over two rounds um, um, up until, you know, up, in, up to date. Okay. And the, the, those, those rounds of funding, was that traditional equity or did you use venture debt or convertible notes to get creative? Traditional equity. Oh, it was traditional equity. Um, interesting. And then um, 
And uh, by the way, my research team said about $2 million. Is that accurate raised to date? Uh, it's, it's greater than double that. Oh, okay, interesting. I wonder why that wasn't that didn't come up in the S one I mean, in the in the filings. Okay, good. All right, so more than four million bucks raised. Um, that's great. And then wa- walk me through the tech. That's actually interesting. So this the company you exited, I believe, was to Match dot com. Was that was that when I think Match dot com, I think like Tinder basically. Was this like relationship related software first? So my 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 background is a little bit diverse in terms of the industries that I've worked in. The answer is we started uh, the first location based dating company in two thousand six. Um, that you really was built uh, for mobile first. So we tracked location as people were walking around. Um, we uh, uh, we made real time matches with people. Um, that was a little bit of a lab for my co-founder and I. Um, we developed not only the, the intellectual property around uh, indicative, but we also developed um, what was the first enterprise CRM. Um, spun that out in 2008 to a company called Extify. Um, which we exited to uh, IBM in 2013. Um, that is now a, a, a core part of the messaging platform uh, in IBM's marketing cloud. Um, and so, you know, we've developed both of these technologies from really businesses that we had, you know, we developed them really to, to scratch our own itch. Not to say I was, um, well, you know, when we started the dating company, I was single and married now. But so it um, worked. It, it did work indeed. I, I did meet my wife through uh, through the company. You did? Yes. Very good. Got to eat your own dog food, literally. All right. That's great. Um, Churn's critical in any SaaS company. What is your churn today? And how does the, you know, usually when you introduce a freemium offer, churn actually spikes. So I'm curious what dynamics you're seeing. So um, I'll be really direct. Churn is not a problem for us. Once customers are onboarded and can you and understand and learn our platform, they stay basically forever. Um, given our background, historically focused on the enterprise, we took a heavy hand with regards to onboarding customers. So where we're really focused from a churn perspective is in that sort of zero to five, if you can imagine, sort of a proficiency level there. Um, getting people to become proficient at our tool is where our big focus is now. Once we get them over that hurdle, they stay forever. Mm-hmm. But getting them to become um, proficient in our tool is a big challenge for us right now where we're spending a lot of time. So I want to measure kind of where you're at today in terms of your, your ability to do that. So people that actually put I'm not ignore the free people, people that actually you do convert from free to pay, they put in at least, a, you know, spend at least a dollar with you guys. How many, you know, what, what does that look like over the year? What are we talking like 30% churn, even including the fir- people that churn out and don't onboard? If we, if we, if we ignore the freemium aspect of the business, our churn has been probably less than 5%. People, once they're integrated with our platform and, and start using it as a critical piece of their business infrastructure, they stay forever. Yeah, but what I'm trying to differentiate here, Jeff, with, let's say someone puts in their credit card today to start to, and starts using you. Um, what you're saying is if they start using us and get addicted to us, they're going to stay forever. Well, everyone would say that. What I'm trying to measure is with people that start paying you, how many of them do you actually successfully onboard? So ignore once they're all hyperactive of everyone who starts paying you, what is churn on that cohort annually? Um, if we're only looking at the paid users, um, keep in mind the self-service asset of this platform has only been out for three or four months. We haven't churned a single one of those customers yet. If that, if that, if self-service that, if free though, correct? Self-service free. Yeah, I'm only correct. talking about once people have put in some kind of payment with you. So of the cohort of people paying you, what does that churn look like annually? That's been less than 5% historically. It is less, even if they're not, even people who don't get activated. If you, when you say activated, if you're saying if we're only looking at the cohort of people who have entered a credit card and are paying us, how many of those people have churned? The revenue churn, yeah. It's less than 5% annual. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so the reason I'm pushing so hard your drum is because the activation metrics that a company builds their onboarding around are so, so critical. If you've got less than 5% revenue churn, once people stop paying, you're doing something really, really nice here. So what, what do you know you have to get a new paying customer to do in the first week to make them really sticky with you? So the, our platform is really powerful from a diagnostic ad hoc perspective, but we provide virtually nothing in the form of value in your first experience. So people connect data. We don't have a historical set of data for you. So the value you get from our platform is fairly limited. We don't provide you today, unfortunately, without any sort of out-of-the-box metrics. So for someone to become a, 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 a high lifetime value customer, they have to build up some initial KPIs manually themselves in our platform. Um, we're working to make that more automated, but someone needs to commit an hour or two to figure out how to build those basic KPIs so that they have something to come back to. That's what I'm saying. That sounds like a lot of work. Your, your churn based off that should be higher. Yes, our, our, our free to paid churn, like I said, that sort of notion of, like we think about this in terms of time to value. I conceptualize this in terms of your skill set with Indicative when you sign up is zero. If yeah, you, sorry, Jeremy, just to be clear. Sorry, I, I'm trying to separate. I keep saying this. I'm, I don't care about the free. I'm talking once they're paid, how are you activating them? Make, in other words, there's a lot of people who have, have paid customers that haven't logged in for two years and they're still getting paid. It's not real revenue. I'm only talking about your paid plans. If I understand your, your question correctly, Nathan, once someone pays us money, yeah. they're already ramped up. They're already uh, proficient at our platform. No one pays us money without going through a trial. No one pays us money without going through a pilot. Nobody pays us unless they've already reached that level of proficiency. Okay, so just to be clear, um, on your pricing plan that is kind of listed under custom, you've got additional things listed here like white labeling and custom domain. I assume if they start paying custom, you've got to do something to help them set up white labeling and custom domain to make them sticky. Otherwise, they're going to churn, right? There's a bunch of things you have listed in this enterprise cohort where that, that don't exist in the other two cohorts that you have to actually do work to onboard them on those. Is that wrong? That's correct. We have to do work to help onboard them. Yes. That's so that's what I'm asking, right? It's like in that enterprise cohort, what is the most critical thing you've got to get them doing after they start paying? Is it helping them set up the custom domain name, helping them with the SSO? You know, what is it? It's helping them build their basic KPIs in the platform. It's a, you know, historically with our, with our paid customers, it's having a conversation around saying, what are the objectives that you have from a customer behavioral analytics perspective? Usually that consists of somewhere between five to 10 specific KPIs, whether they're product KPIs or marketing KPIs, and make sure that they can get visibility into building those KPIs into a dashboard in our platform. That's the big hurdle. Every customer, no matter what tier we're talking about, they need to overcome to become an engaged user. It doesn't matter if they're an enterprise customer or a free customer. If they can't get that initial value in the platform, they'll leave. Yeah, totally, totally get that. Someone though paying you a million bucks per year is way more likely to leave if they're not getting value than someone who's using you for free that might continue to tinker along. Yeah. In, in, with enterprise customers, we have done everything from doing office hours where we go and sit at their office for two hours, you know, twice a week um, where their employees can come and sit down and we can help build analysis with them. You know, the amount of handholding at that level is dramatically yeah. higher. Cool. Uh, hey, Jeremy, I just realized we're actually out of time. So quick last questions here. Um, how aggressive are you being on CAC? So to get a new thousand dollar a month account, what are you willing to spend fully weighted to get that customer? Um, almost up to five, almost up to 50% of their LTV. Oh, per- of, L- of LTV or first year ACV? First year ACV. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So you'll spend up to maybe six grand to acquire that customer. Uh, that's, you know, you get paid back there then in six months. 
Yes. That's good stuff. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Um, the one that I most recently enjoyed was uh, Never Split the Difference. It's a negotiation book um, that has been invaluable for me as an entrepreneur. Everything I do on a basically day-to-day basis is negotiating something. Um, it's a must-read. Number two, uh, name an under-the-radar CEO you're following or studying. Uh, an under-the-radar CEO that I'm studying or following. Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, pass. All right. Number f- uh, three, what billing tool do you use? What, sorry? What billing tool do you use? Uh, Stripe, and then we bill our enterprise customers manually. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, my gosh. Maybe seven, six. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? Married. Any kiddos? No. No kids. And how old are you, Jeremy? Um, 39. Take us home. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, fire faster, pivot faster, um, hire faster, you know, <laughs> too slow to make decisions be more decisive guys there you have it be more decisive do everything faster launched in 2014 indicative again helping people make sense of their data streams no matter what the source is uh, requires obviously you get in maybe test around with their free uh free plan then obviously convert hopefully once you hit maybe a billion events or users per month or you need one of their module upgrades like sso or white labeling custom domains or just additional custom kpis and data source integrations uh they've had some success doing this you know currently uh, average price point called a grand per month they've got 15 people in new york City. They've raised 4 million bucks, less than 5% revenue churn per year. Jeremy, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate it.